Amen goes right there, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn back over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, we're going to continue to preach through this book and through as God leads us to and helps us to. Uh, uh, just as a quick reminder, uh, while you're turning, uh, a quick reminder, if we can have that picture on the screen of our, our parking lot. How many of y'all enjoyed parking today? Yes. How many of y'all got on concrete? Dear Lord, that's all? How many of y'all are still in the gravel? Now, some of y'all parked somewhere today. Now, come on. You can't be in, not in both. You ain't in midair. Amen? Uh, listen, uh, we, have, we have changed up some things a little bit. Uh, one, because we had to. Uh, we had uh, uh, handicapped parking in the front on that slanted parking. And uh, little did we know that is illegal. So we had to change that. Uh, all handicapped parking has to be on flat ground, flat parking. So all of the handicapped parking, if you'll look in the blue section, uh, what color? Can everybody see that? Say amen. amen. All right. All of the blue section is now our new handicapped parking. Uh, in order, in, if you're going to be in the handicap area, that is going to be all of our handicap parking in the back because that's the only flat place we've got on the property. Say amen right there. So... We changed the, the front part, all of the red. What color? All of the red is our senior parking. If you are not handicapped but you are a senior, we want you to make available that parking there. Now listen, if you're young, if you're young and you are parking in the senior parking spot, you're not going to have no tires when you leave today. Okay? We're going to make sure uh, we have a senior hit squad that's going to come it takes them a while to get the tires off, but it's worth it to them, all right? So help us, help us leave that area for all of our seniors. And then at the fuchsia. You know, there, there, is, there is green. There is yellow. You know, there's all kind of colors, but they pick fuchsia. Are y'all with me? The fuchsia area there is for our first-time attenders. Now, how many of you that love God and love temple and you're a regular uh, templeite, amen, uh, you love your first-time attenders? Yes. We want Yes, we do. We do. If you're here for the very first time, we are tickled to death that you're here, and we want to do everything we can to make, make it as easy as possible for you to get blessed today. We want you to have the best parking as possible, so all of our first-time attenders will be in the Fuchsia area. Uh, handicap in the back, uh, 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 our seniors in the red, and then also, also around, when you go around this area, actually it's, it'll be this way. It's one way, going from the back parking lot to the front. It's one way okay and that way is from the back to the front not the front to the back and and i know what you're thinking you say preacher i was only going one way but it was the wrong way amen so make sure it's going to be it's going to be a little confusing until we get used to it but thank god we got the parking uh and it's not going to be yeah come on let's give him praise right there let's give him praise it won't be long, then the bottom will be, it'll be concreted too, and it'll be great and wonderful, and we'll, we'll have a great time parking. Now, now, if you are in 1 Peter chapter number 1, uh, where I need to get here this morning, uh, I want you to know the last three weeks we have been preaching out of this book, and just as a reminder, uh, just a couple things as a reminder, Peter is writing a letter to a group of people, to the church, 
who are fixing to go into serious, serious persecution. I mean the real deal. They are going to be crucified. They're going to be executed. They're going to be tortured. They're going to be hunted down like animals. I mean, the church is fixing to go through great, great persecution. I don't know if you've realized it or not. Or I don't know if you can sense it or not. But the church is fixing to go through persecution here in the U.S. And in many ways, in many senses, it already is. But I truly believe it's going to get worse. You say, why are you saying that? Are you a doomsday guy? No, I'm a scripture guy. And the scriptures say, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous means difficult. Perilous means dangerous. And I believe it just, it is what it is. It says it's going to be as the days of Noah. The days of Noah are filled with violence. And, and so we can take from this letter encouragement for what we're going to have to face in the future. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So we are, we are seeing and reading and studying a letter from someone who knows what's coming to people who are fixing to be greatly persecuted. So that's, that's, the, that's the setup for this letter. Now, the second thing I want to remind you, as you study God's Word, remember that this was a letter and the chapters and verses were placed after that by the translators for easier memorization and easier study. So we're going to go through part of the end of chapter 1 and go on into chapter 2 because the subject is the same and they go together. Just because it's in chapter 2 doesn't mean it doesn't pertain to chapter 1. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So we're going to continue with this. All right, let's look in verse number 22. <clears throat> verse number 22, 1 Peter 1 and verse number 22. The first part of that chapter, we find out God is dealing with hope. He says, you have a living hope, a real hope. When it gets tough, don't give up hope. When it gets rough, don't throw in the towel. Keep swimming, keep swimming, keep swimming. Amen? You have a living hope. I'm glad everything's going to be all right one day. Everything's going to be worth it one day. But then he, he began to discuss holiness. Say that with me. Holiness. holiness. It's very important for us to live in holiness because of our testimony. If there's ever a day that the church needs to stand up and be like God, it's today. It's today. Well, today, I want to talk about the word harmony. Harmony. Say that with me. Harmony. harmony. How many of y'all do believe that united we stand, divided we fall? United we stand, divided we fall. Let's look. Verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of who? The brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. Say amen. amen. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Wherefore? Because of that. Wherefore? Laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. 
If so be ye tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believeth, he is precious. But unto them that be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Here's the last verse. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me go ahead and read one more. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy and your kindness. I pray that you will please help us today. Help us to grow and help us to learn. Help us to see how important it is to live and worship and behave in harmony and unity. Lord, I pray that you'll help us love one another as you have loved us. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Harmony. Unity. Uh, Paul, or excuse me, Peter, emphasizes how important that this subject is. And he uses several different illustrations that I'd like to talk about and share with you today. Uh, really four different ones in the verses that we read about how important or why unity is so important. Uh, I'm probably going to use a different message for each one, or maybe, I know the first one's going to be all on its own, but maybe the next three we can put in one, one sermon, one message together. Uh, but in verses, uh, verses 1, 22 through verses, chapter 2, verse 3, he says we are children in the same family. In verses 4 through 8 of chapter 2, he says we are stones in the same building. In chapters, ver, or excuse me, verse 9, he says we are priests in the same temple. In chapter, verses 9 through 10, he says we are citizens of the same nation. In other words, he's trying to emphasize the fact that we are together. We are the same. We are the body of Christ. We have to have unity. We have to be together. We have to have harmony. And if you'll pray for me, I'm going to try to share with you that we are children in the same family. We are in the same family. We are in the family of God. Say, say this with me. We are family. Say it again. I tried to get uh, Brother Jalen to get Miss Trina to sing Sister Sledge. We are family. Amen. How many of y'all believe she could tear that up? Say amen. Yeah. He wouldn't go for it. <clears throat> but we truly are. We are family. Uh, Bill Gaither wrote a song, uh, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I was listening, I showed AD a video that I, that I, that I saw uh, uh, on, the, on the internet about when, they, when he wrote that song. Uh, a family member, a part of the church, had, had been in an explosion. 
and, and he, was, he was cleaning the floor of a, a mechanic shop, and, and because of the fumes, uh, there was a pile of light, and it blew up, and, and he was burnt real bad, and, and, and the church got together and prayed all night. I mean, stayed at the church and praying for this man. They didn't think he was going to live, and, and it was Easter Sunday the next day, and, and they came, and they prayed at the church, and, and he lived, and he made it, and, and they went home Easter Sunday, and, and he got on the piano, and he began to put these words down about being an orphan. And, and even though he may be an orphan, he's a child of the king. Amen? Uh, one day an orphan, but I'm a child of the king. You will notice that we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're family and folks are severe. That is what we are. That is who we are. The moment that you were born again, the moment that you were saved, God put you in a family. A family. We're family. We don't treat each other. This is not a business. This is not a corporation. This is the body of Christ. This is the family of God. There's a lot of stuff we don't do around here. Uh, we, we, we don't treat this like it is something that, that, that most of the secular world does. And the reason why is we're family. We're family. But a lot of times we don't, we don't treat it that way. And we don't treat each other that way. Well, I say this. Sometimes we do because when we were growing up, we had a warped sense of family. And there's a lot of times, there's a lot of people that didn't, that they were not raised with a loving family and a caring family. I want to thank God. I, I, I was. I'm telling you, I, I, had a, I, had a, I had a loving family. I had a big family. And, and a, a lot of, a lot of the, the newer generations that only had one or two siblings, they're not going to understand what it is to go at Christmas time or Thanksgiving and hang out with 15 or 20 aunts and uncles. Because they're just not having that many kids nowadays. But, man, I tell you what, that was awesome. Our Thanksgiving was just as great as our Christmas because we get to go hang out with our family and spend all day that day in eating and just having fun and, and just rejoicing and spending time. It was one of the greatest things because when we were little, uh, you know, nowadays it's different. Now, you know, kids, whatever. But, but that day, you didn't get a Coke. You got the water hose outside. Does anybody remember drinking from the water hose outside? Well, Thanksgiving, my uncles, I, I mean, they were just cool as can be. Man, my Uncle John and my Uncle Wayne and all them, they're, they're like totally awesome. They would have coolers lined up from here to the piano, and it had every drink in the world, Mountain Dew, Coke, it didn't matter, and you could get any one you want, any time you want, all day long. Son, we love family reunions. We had a great time because we were family. And, man, I tell you, I miss them bad. I miss all of that because it was family. And I honestly, I feel so sorry. I feel so sorry for the people that were not able to enjoy that privilege and have that. And sometimes that mentality of people who had no family. There are people in this building right now who, who had to survive and had to struggle and didn't have the loving support of family in the home. And, and, and sometimes they come into church with that mentality and, and, and they think that that is the way it's supposed to be. So we come into church and treat each other with that survival mode. Just get whatever you can get and hoard up whatever you... 
And that's not family. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I want to give you just a couple things. I, we probably won't even finish this one. Uh, <laughs> Dustin said, four points? How are you going to do four? I said, none of your business. Amen? My sermon, I have had anyone I want, amen. But we, we're not, we probably won't finish it. But here, here's the thing. Here, here's a couple things that's really important. It's really important. Number one, I want you to see the arrival in the family. <clears throat> the arrival into this family. The Bible says, and in, in I believe it's, I believe it's verse 22, verse, or excuse me, verse 23. It says, being born again. Being born again. Again, do you realize Jesus was the first one to come up with that phrase? In John chapter number 3, there is a man that comes to Jesus, a, a highly religious man, a highly educated man. He was a man way up in the religious hierarchy who should have known. He said, you're a master in Israel. Jesus called him that. His name was Nicodemus. And he comes to Jesus because there's something different about Jesus. There's something different about this man that, that of anybody else he'd ever seen. He'd seen religious people before, and he's heard religious people before, but he's never seen anybody that spoke with authority. He's never seen anybody that, that, that acted in power like Jesus. He said, no man can do what you do unless God be with him. There's something about you. You are different than anybody I've ever seen. He comes to Jesus by night. And that's a whole other message, you know. He didn't want nobody else to see him. He says... What, what, what is this about? And Jesus responds to him. He responds to him, Ye must be born again. Ye must be born again. Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. And man, this is totally confusing to Nicodemus. He doesn't understand it because he is, he is thinking in the physical and not the spiritual. It's amazing to me that you could be that far up in the religious hierarchy of a nation and be confused about the simplest spiritual things. And Jesus was amazed at that. Let me tell you something. Religion will blind you. There are so many people that are blinded by religion. What in the world would cause you to get in a plane and drive it through a building or, or, or take innocent people's lives because religion has blinded people? He said, why don't you understand? He says, how in the world can a man who was full grown go back into his mother's womb and be born again? See, it was completely physical. He says, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. Matter of fact, matter of fact, everyone get your Bibles. Turn, turn with me to John chapter number 3. We'll just do this real quick. We'll just do this real quick. Jesus begins to explain to him. He begins to explain to him about what he is trying to get him to understand. He says, look. That which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. He said, you must be born of the flesh and of or water and the spirit. Look what he says. It says in verse number 3, John 3, 3. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, many, there are several, several groups of people who have mistranslated that or misinterpreted that to say that's talking about water baptism, that you have to be water baptized to be saved. That is absolutely not what Jesus is saying here. 
Because in the very next verse, he explains what he's talking about. He says this in verse number 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So what was he saying in verse number 5? Except a man be born of water. That is your physical birth. Every single human being is born into this physical world in a sack of water. And what he is saying, there is a physical birth, but there is also a spiritual birth. If you've only experienced one of them, you're in desperate situation. He says you must be born again. That which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. Do you remember in 1 Peter when we read, he said you were born uh, not of corruptible seed, that's the physical, but of incorruptible, that is the spiritual. He said that flesh, the physical, will, it will fade away, it will perish, it is like the grass that burns up in the field. But the Word of God abideth forever. And what is he saying? You must be born again. You must have that second birth. You must be part of the family of God. And the only way you can be a part of the family of God is to be born again. Born again. I've heard people say this, especially in the politics now. Oh, hey, we need to all get along because we're all God's children. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let me give you a verse. Let's go back to John 1. Flip back. Flip back to John 1, verse 12. John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, talking about Jesus, but as many as received him to them. Who? The ones that received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them who believe on his name. Watch this, watch this. Which were, which were not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. This wasn't a physical birth nor of the will of man, this wasn't a physical activity from an intimate moment between two human beings, but it was of God. Of God. You must be born of God. What's the point? We are all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. In order to be a child of God, you must be born into the family of God. You must be born again. You may be God's creation, but that doesn't mean you're God's child. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Boy, that messes up everybody's theology in the secular world. Everybody wants to say, we're all God's children, and we will just meet God in our own way. We will seek God in our own way. We'll make it to God in our own way. I'm sorry to tell you, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe, but we're in God's family, and the only way to get in God's family is to be born again born again you say why must we be born again well ephesians chapter number two teaches us why ephesians chapter number two says this we were all dead in our trespasses and in sins it says this and you hath he quickened verse that word quickened means made alive who were dead in trespasses and in sins. where in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation, that means behavior, 
in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, say it with me, but God, even, even when we were dead, God showed up on the scene, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Why do I need to be born? Come on. Why do I need to be born? Because I was dead. Well, preacher, you're, you're standing up walking around. How are we dead? I'm not talking about a physical death. Let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis, if you will. In the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, when God made man in the garden, God created man and put man in the garden, <clears throat> he said, you can have any fruit, you can have any tree, you can have any of the herbs and all the stuff that's here, man, ha help yourself, have at it. He said, but there's one tree I don't want you messing with. Keep your hands off. The day that you eat of that fruit, thou shalt surely lie. Now, can God lie? Absolutely not. Now, what happened? What happened? Eve took the fruit, and she ate it. She gave it to her husband, and he ate it. Did they physically die? No. Adam lived to be 930 years old. You see, God made man in his own image. It said, let us make man in our image. Who is the our? God the Father? God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. So man was made in Trinity. He was made in the image of God. You know, everything about a man is in Trinities. There's three major parts of the body. There's three major parts of the arm, the legs. Everything is in Trinities. There's three major parts to the fingers, the hand. Y'all with me? Man is a body, soul, and spirit. Say that with me. He was created a... Now, we know that Adam didn't physically die. He lived 930 years after that. So God was not referring to a physical death. He did, his soul could not die because the Bible says God breathed in the man's nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. The word living means eternal. It means never dying. In other words, God invested part of himself into every human being. Everybody will live forever somewhere. We will never cease to exist. Listen, our soul is ever living. It's eternal. Are y'all with me? So the soul could not die. So what was it that died on that day that man ate of the fruit? It was their spirit. It was the part that connected with God. It was the part that, listen, connected with God in worship, in fellowship. It died. Man went from a trichotomy to a dichotomy. Listen, we went from three to two. Our spirit died. Why do you think God came in the garden in the cool of the day, a time when he would always fellowship with man, and he would spend time with man? And he said, Adam! I'll tell you, the connection was broken because their spirit had died. Why do we need to be born again? Because we're dead in our trespasses and in sins. Our spirit has died, the part that connects us with God. But, the, but when we are born again, 
It is called the doctrine of regeneration. When God comes into a old, dead, stony heart and He regenerates what has died and brings life back to death, and that is the moment we go from darkness unto light, from death unto life, and we start having feelings we never had before. We start having thoughts we never had before. We start loving people we never loved before. Why? Because we've been made alive. We've been quickened. We've been, oh, say amen. Listen, how do we get in this family? You must be born again. Baptism doesn't get you in. Following religious rules doesn't get you in. Being good doesn't get you in. Being, being born in, in the same physical family or the right physical family. I had a preaching daddy and a shouting mama, but guess what? I was still dead in my trespasses and in sin. You can, you can like Jesus and not be born again. You can come to temple every week and not be born again. Hello! Y'all still with me? What does this have to do with unity? I'll tell you what it has to do with unity. We have church splits by the dozen because usually it's because there are people in churches today that have never been born again. They don't have the love of God in their heart and because of that, they want to be politicians. And let, me, let me give you a second one because I'm, I'm never going to finish this, but I'm going to get this one. <clears throat> we see the, the arrival into the family. Does this make sense, everybody? Okay, you have to be born again. Now, the second thing I want you to see is the affection. The affection in the family. Love, whatever you want to use, charity. The affection. Look what it says. Look what it says in this verse. All right? <clears throat> Let me get over there. Seeing, this is verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth. Now, this is talking about salvation. He said, you're saved. You've trusted Christ. You believe the gospel, and you're saved. Through the Spirit unto unfeigned, unto unfeigned of who? The brethren. You know what he's saying? Your family. Your family. Now, he says this. See that ye... Love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now watch this. He uses, it's the same English word love, but when you, when you study those two words out, one is phileo and the other is agape. Phileo is Philadelphia. Is, you know, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's what phileo, Philadelphia means, is brotherly love. In other words, there is a love that we have because we're in the same family. There is a love that we have one for another because we're together. We have sameness. We, we are brethren. We are sisters and brothers in the same family. Now, that is a love. That is a love because you have to. I have to love my brother because he's my brother. Now watch. Y'all don't look at me that way. Now, the next one is agape. He says love fervently. Now, that agape love is different than brotherly love. Brotherly love is you have to. Agape love is you choose to. You see, God's type love, and that's what agape is. It's the highest form of love in the Greek language. It is the, the God-like love. You say, what is the difference between the God-like love? Philadelphia love is you got to love because you're supposed to. 
And, and agape is he chooses to. In other words, we haven't done anything to earn this love. We haven't done anything to deserve this love. Matter of fact, a lot of us have been downright unlovable. But even when we were unlovable, he chose to love us. He chose to, I hope you're getting this. He does it because he wants to. It's a love that is an act of the will. It is a love that is not based on feelings. What are you saying? The kind of love we're supposed to have in the house of God is a love that is not based on feelings. It's based on will. I choose to because it doesn't matter whether I feel like I love you or I feel like I like you. I'm going to love you because God loves you and I want to be like God. Now you say, what in God's name does that have to do with unity and harmony? Let me tell you something. Coleman County is filled with churches. There's churches on every corner. And let me tell you, and this might, this might chap some of you, but let me just tell you this. It's not because they love Jesus. The reason there's so many churches in Coleman County is because they couldn't find a way to love one another. This crowd gets mad with this crowd, so this crowd right here goes and builds another building and finds them somebody else, and here they go, and then it's one right, and then until they can't get along with each other, and then they'll take a crowd and go over here and say, oh, this is about God. No, it's not. It's about you. No, it's about my preference. I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to go with people that like what I like and prefer what I prefer, and we're just going to gather together, and we're going to take our ball, and we're going to go down the street, and we're going to build us another court. In Jesus' name. Now, let me ask y'all this. Do y'all not think this crazy world can't see that? See that you fervently love one another now that we're all mad <clears throat> what do you think's going to happen what do you think's going to happen when when our government turns against us now watch now watch now watch now watch Y'all watching? While we're turning on each other. What in the world are we going to do? Boy, if there's ever a time that we need to set aside preferences and opinions and just love each other. The Bible, watch this. Let me give you help. Let me give you help. Some of y'all are just like going into shakes right now. <laughs> seeing ye have purified your soul, verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the... You see, that's how it's going to be done. How are we going to learn to love each other? How are we going to learn the unlovable? Through the Spirit. You see, the love that I, I'm going to have to have to be able to accomplish this, I don't have it on my own. 
I, I, I like the song we, used to, we learned when we as kids. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not, for God is You see, now let's connect this to that born-again stuff. Now, 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 some of y'all, just, just, just act for a second like you're not mad at me. <clears throat> just, just for a second. Let's just for a second. How many of y'all would agree, how many of y'all would agree, <clears throat> would agree that, that, that there, is, there is an issue with love in the local church in America? Would y'all agree? Can we agree on that? Okay, so, so what I'm saying is that, that, that Christians are having a hard time loving each other. Can we agree on that? Okay, now, here's the thing. The reason that is, is because many, or most of them, have never been born again. So you're trying to accomplish something in the flesh and not the spirit. Let me tell you something. If you're the type that gets offended with everything, and matter of fact, if you're trying to figure out whether you are, you won't be able to because you don't think you are. Ask a family member. They will help you. If there is constantly a battle around you, if there is always controversy, or if there is always an issue, if you always, well, there's nobody, nobody likes me, you might want to check up. That might be the time we need to look in the mirror. Being born again. What happens when you get saved, man? The Holy Spirit comes in. And with the Holy Spirit comes a love from God that you never even understood. You can't even explain. And you start having feelings that you never had before. But then that has to be cultivated. You see, in the family, if we're in the family, you've got to love one another. I'm telling you this right now. In my physical family that I grew up with, I, I, on the Carter side or the black side, but, but especially the black side. My mom's maiden name was Black. John Black and Wayne Black and all that. <clears throat> yep. They, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. Hey, 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 hey. Behave, Mom and Dad. You can't take them nowhere, you know. You raise them and everything and just can't. It doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't matter what trouble you got into. You could call them, and they're there. Now, I'm telling you, I remember, I remember one time. I, he don't know this, but I remember one time he had, he had a Bronco, and, 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 and man, I want to ride, and I just got my license, and I was so excited, and I took it up and got gas, <clears throat> and, and I forgot the gas can or the gas top on top of the gas pump. How many of y'all have ever done that? Taking it all, put it on the thing, and drove off. Anybody ever done that? Well, I'd done that. I'd done that one time, and I was scared to death. You know, like now, it's not that big a deal, is it? But at that time, you, you'd have thought you robbed 
Wells Fargo. You know what I mean? I mean, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Dad's going to kill me, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me. And I know what y'all are thinking, oh, it's not that big a deal. If you ever got a whooping like I got one, you'd be nervous too. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going by Uncle John's house. And I'm just, I'm freaking out, man. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to kill me, he's going to kill me. And I told Uncle John what happened. He just pulled his wallet out, gave me a dinner. He said, go up there to auto, uh, whatever, the auto parts place, whatever, uh, advanced auto, get you another one. They got one there, and then come. I said, oh, thank you, Uncle John. Thank you, Uncle John. I mean, just boom, right there. Here we are. Listen, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. We was there for each other. Now, that's what's got to happen in the church. That's the way it's supposed to be in the church. When one has a heartache, what does the song say? When one has a heartache, we all shed a tear. But you're not going to do that unless you love somebody. We, we go over this in foundations. We go over this in foundations. You know, there's, there's, there's different beliefs. How many of y'all know that there's, there's people that believe different things in here? Now, we have, we have necessary beliefs. In other words, we have some things we believe the same, regardless. We're going to believe the same, because if you don't, we're going to have major problems. You cannot believe you can get to heaven by Buddha and make it around here. Y'all with me? We have some of our beliefs. We've got to be the same. I mean, we've got to be on the same page right here. There are, there are some that's like that. But then there are some beliefs that are not necessarily imperative that everybody be on the same page with. There are some people here that likes all old-time music. There's some people here that believe they just like all new music, contemporary type music. There's some that likes it just a cappella. There's some that likes it very beady or whatever. There's all kinds of difference in that, that type situations. There's people believe in, 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 in junior church and the kids being in junior church. There's some people that truly have a conviction and whatever the other way. And, and there's so many different beliefs. Well, with those, we have liberty. With those, you have liberty. There's people who believe you've got to wear a suit to be right with God on Sunday. And there's some people that don't. Guess what? Those that believe you have to wear a suit, you can wear it. Isn't that great? Wear it, man. Rock that suit. To... Amen. But those that don't, you don't have to. Somebody was talking at the, at the football field one day and, and seen me there and said, hey, preacher, I was inviting so-and-so to church, and they, they was worried about, you know, have, they didn't have any dress clothes. I said, oh, at Temple, you don't know if they're coming from the White House or the Waffle House. <laughs> That's great. Now, listen, here's the thing. You say, well, what are you talking about? The guy with the suit on is not going to condemn the guy with the short sleeve shirt on. And vice versa. If you want to wear a suit, wear it. If you don't, don't. But we're not going to judge each other and think one more spiritual than the other. Don't forget you suit-wearing people. Al Capone wore one. Right? So, so we're not, we're, we, we have liberty when it comes to those things. And I'm going somewhere. This is my point. This is my point. With all our beliefs... No matter what you believe or no matter what I believe, in all our beliefs, we're going to show charity. With certain beliefs, we're going to have unity. We're going to be on the same page. 
in certain beliefs that, that is not detrimental to your salvation, it's not going to get you into heaven or, or send you to hell, you're going to have liberty. You're going to have liberty. You can wear your suit or not wear your suit. That's up to you. But in all of them, we're going to show charity. What's charity mean? Love. You see, this is why churches are splitting. I have, I have rarely, if ever, ever seen a church split over a doctrinal issue. It's always been over somebody got mad at somebody else because somebody didn't do something they thought they should have done or somebody cut the pie the wrong amount of slices and one wanted the, the piano on the left side, one wanted the piano on the right side. Stupid junk. Now let me tell you why that can happen in a local church that's supposed to have God in it. There's no love. And many times there's no love because many have never been born again. I want to love each other. The Bible says love each other fervently. Fervently means you work at it. They work at it. Some of y'all in here are easy to love. I mean, seriously. Let's be honest. I'm going to be transparent today, which I'm usually transparent anyway to a fault. But there's many people in here, it's easy to love. I mean, how can you not love A.D.? Come on, people. I mean, he's just adorable. Are y'all with me? But they some others. We got to work at it. Right? Man, y'all don't leave me up here by myself. Get with me, people. You're my family. Help me. Don't act like I'm not telling the truth. Well, I'm going to be transparent. You best be transparent. Am I telling the truth? But guess what? In family, I had, I, in my family, my Aunt Jan. I'm all picking on my mom's side of the family here. My Aunt Jan, everybody loves Aunt Jan. She's like, she's like probably in the, in, in the Hall of Fame of ants of all time, in heaven. She's going to have her own place, own mansion, just for being the coolest aunt in the world. Unbelievable. Everybody loves Aunt Jan. But then we had Uncle Fat Pat. Uh, uh, how many, how many of y'all remember in football Buddy Ryan and Rex Ryan and, and, and the other Ryan? That was Uncle Fat Pat's brother. And if you know how much of a smart aleck they are on, on, on the air in football, they didn't have nothing on Uncle Fat Pat. And before you get all sideways and politically correct, he was married to my aunt, my mom's sister, and her name was Patricia, and his name was Patrick, and she was like this big, and he was like this big, so she was skinny fat, and he was Uncle Fat Pat. So, and he was good with the name, so y'all lay off of me, okay? If you went up to Uncle Fat Pat, he was, a, he was a Navy diver, you know, with the big bells on their head and all that kind of stuff. He did all of that in the Navy, so he was pretty salty. Are y'all with me? Salty. He done spear, spear fishing and all this kind of stuff. And, and if you went to him, I'd I, I done it before. And, and I, said, I said, Uncle Fat Pat, I, I'm going fishing. And this is what he'd say every single time. He said, son, fishing is nothing but a jerk on one end waiting for a jerk on the other. Am I exaggerating this any at all? 
He had a way of getting my grandmother so mad. I'm telling you what. And he didn't even have to make an effort. It come effortlessly. But you know what all the family did? We loved him anyway. Make you so mad you want to... But you loved him. You know why? You know why? I don't like so-and-so. You can get over it. You got to work at it. You got to work at it. We can do this, people. So why are you stressing us so much? It's fixing to get bad on the church in America. And if we don't learn to love each other, you say, why do we need to learn to love each other? Because we got to stick together. And if we don't love each other, we won't stick together. United we stand, divided we fall. I'm out of time. But there's, there's, there's one verse. Let me, let me just read this. The verse in chapter 2. Now watch this. Wherefore, wherefore, because we're born again, because we should have a love through the power of the Spirit of God for the brethren, wherefore laying aside malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies and evil speaking now i broke those down i broke those down now watch this malice means just a simple wickedness just wickedness in general now don't don't lose me everybody look up now y'all all right i can see it now y'all already shutting your brain down because you think i'm fixing to give the invitation don't miss this one okay this is very important look at me everybody watch guile is craftiness using devious words or actions to get what you want how many times have you seen politics in the church? Talking to this one over here and moving over here and talking to this one. I'll tell you what it was like. And, and, and just working it. That's what he's talking about. Hypocrisy. Trying to hide our true nature or intent. Woo! That is, one of the, that is one of the biggest reasons sinners don't go to church. They say because of hypocrites. You know, and they got a point. Watch this. Envy. This is jealousy or covetousness. Envy, jealous over what somebody else has. Man, it's eating up the church. Then evil speaking. Evil speaking is basically gossip. Conversation that tears the other person down. If these attitudes and actions are in our lives, we will lose our appetite for the pure word of God. If we stop feeding on the Word of God, we stop growing. When Christians are growing in the Word, they are peacemakers, not troublemakers, and they promote the unity of the church. You may tell you, you may tell you a church that's, that's on the road to destruction when you find gossip, where you find envy. Well, I'll tell you what, I wish I could drive a car like you. Well, if you work the hours he did, you might can. I, I, boy, if I had some time right there. <clears throat> well, I tell you what, I wish I, I could, I wish I, no. That is totally unbiblical. We rejoice when they rejoice. We cry when they cry. 
We're here to support one another. Because we are... We don't gossip and tear each other down. We don't talk. And by the way, guys, understand this. When you, when you criticize, that's just a veiled attempt to make yourself look better. So don't even come at me with that. Listen, we're family. I, I, you know, I got to thinking about this. Uh, and how this... Uh, if somebody come up to me talking about my brother Joe, hoo -hoo -hoo. <laughs> man, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how bad I'd pull your face off. <clears throat> In Jesus' name. <clears throat> I know Paul said, don't lay hands on no man suddenly, and I'm not sure that's what he had in mind, but it's... You say, why? Man, that's my brother. Man, I love, I love him to death. I just can't imagine if somebody was running him down in front of me, because it would not, I'm telling you, it would not be good. Why should it be any different when somebody's talking about your brother in Christ? We are family. We're family. Now I'm telling you, if we don't stick up for one another, the world ain't going to. Let's defend each other. If somebody goes running down your church family and say, Whoa! You know, let me tell you something. There is a young man by the name of Josh Speakman. And I'm praying for him so hard. <laughs> man, I, I... And do you know there has been multiple times that he has defended Temple and Temple's people. I mean, in a ferocious type way. Because there were people running you down. I'm talking about he defended in a way that I couldn't. Now, if you've got somebody that's not even going to church, that, that, that's, that doesn't even claim to be saved, and he is that adamant about defending you, how much more? Should we support and defend each other? Why? We are family. Then let's start acting like it. And all God's people say it. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your word. <clears throat> Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be with my family today. Spend time with my family today. God, help us to encourage each other. Stand for each other. Defend each other. Bless each other. God, I pray your perfect will be done.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Maybe God has spoke to your heart today about the new birth, about being born again. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Maybe you sense uh, uh, the Spirit of God speaking.